This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Watching television, watching television. Watching television, watching television. I need all the image, I need all the sound. I know the info right into my mind. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trial by Pilot. This is the show where we judge an entire series of television and the work of hundreds on one episode. I'm Bill Lynch. I'm Elizabeth Lynch. What a fucking day. <laughs> Just for us personally. Why? What was so crazy about today? I don't know. Our toddler for four hours after he got home from school. <laughs> oh, that wasn't that long. Listen, I just wanted to talk about something other than this TV show. <laughs> what a fucking day. On like the easiest day ever that we've had. What? Do, I mean, we both worked from home today. Billy was in school. All right, let's move on from Half this. Half of the day you were playing a video game on the couch. <laughs> Half the day, I would say a third of the day. Okay, fine. <laughs> You're, Billy uh, whined for like 30 minutes at dinner time, and it was fucking annoying, but I wouldn't say, oh, what a day. <laughs> I was talking to your mom at some point recently, and I don't know if she listens to every episode, but she must listen occasionally. Yeah. And she said something to me like, you sure do use the F word a lot on that on that show. <laughs> or you sure do curse a lot, something like that. That sounds like my mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are talking about Firefly Lane, a new Netflix series based on a book. Yes, by Kristen Hanna. Is she, is she a notable author? Yeah. Okay. She is. I, Actually, I, I read... I think you would like it too. I read one of her books. It's called The Great Alone. And my friend Emily recommended it to me. And it was so good. Yeah. This book. Like, I really loved it. It was like this family. There's something cool about it that why I think you would like it is that said it, they moved to like the like the wild basically of Alaska. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of like family stuff that, you know, it's very character driven uh-huh. story. And so there's another book that she has. I think it's called Nightingale that I have and I haven't read yet. This one I haven't read, but like basically I've read one of her books and I really, really (laughs) liked it. But I feel like people talk about her a lot. So did you know that this show was based on that book? No. Okay. Because I didn't, I didn't know that this was one of her books. I don't think I had heard of this one. I don't like follow her the way I follow Tana French, you know? So when did you discover this? Today, when we were watching it. Oh, when you were... Like, at the beginning with the credits. Oh, oh, okay. When it said that. Oh. So, I was like, oh, Kristen Hanna, I know who that is. Oh, gotcha. Um, but I hadn't heard anything about this book. But so, yeah, everything's based on something else, so... Yeah. Uh, it stars Sarah Chalk and Katherine Heigl. Yes. Sarah Chalk, you would probably know from Scrubs, or perhaps Roseanne. Mm-hmm. She's done other things. Yeah, a bunch of other things I just don't... I don't think I've watched them. Catherine Heigl's mostly been in movies, right? So she was on, like, the first few seasons of Grey's Anatomy. But, yeah, she's done a lot of movies. I think she started out as a model, and she was in, like, movies when we were younger. Like, My Father the Hero, Wish Upon a Star, probably movies you didn't watch, I'm guessing. Is she known to be, like, an annoying actress, or am I confusing her with Goldie Hawn's daughter? I think that Katherine Heigl has gotten, like, a pretty, like, bad rap. Unfairly, you think? I, 
you know, I don't think I... That's interesting. Like, I'm not sure if it's unfair or not. Because I think that I originally just took that as like, oh, everyone says Katherine Heigl's a bitch. She must be. Because, like, I'm not really a fan of hers. Okay. Um, and, and stories that you hear, um, you know, I don't dislike her, but I wasn't really a fan. And there are stories that you hear of, like, stuff she said about the writers on Grey's Anatomy. And so then they, like, kind of wrote her off and, like, mm. stuff that people said. Uh, what was the movie she was in with Seth Rogen? Yeah, I was just trying to think of that. Yeah, what the f- what is that movie called? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Where they have a baby. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But, and I think, is that, that's Judd Apatow? Yes. So she had said some things critical of the men in that movie. And then I think Mm. she was really kind of vilified after that. Oh. But like looking at those situations with the lens of, I don't know, just the past two or three years it's like easy to see like to now i i feel like it was very easy for people to say things about her and have her be cast as a bitch mm-hmm. and then like <laughs> maybe that didn't happen do you know what i mean like i was really just asking about her acting abilities and you're going into like this whole thing oh, about because <laughs> it may, i was thinking about it today because i feel like she kind of like really took a downturn like like her career really took a hit Mm. and she was doing like cat litter commercials or something (laughs) but she was like a really big star so i i feel like it took a hit but like maybe maybe it was fair maybe it wasn't i don't know yeah i'm just i I don't really know i i'm just saying it's like possible that it was not fair yeah i was just acting because she seemed pretty competent in this i mean yeah she's good yeah, no, she's a good... She, I think she's a good actress. I think she's someone that, like, people easily are like, ugh, I hate her. Yeah. I, that's why I think she gets that a lot. Yeah, I was thinking that, but then I do think I was thinking of that other actress that people say is bad. I, I'm totally blanking out on her name. Kate Hudson? Yes, Kate Hudson. People say that about her? I, I thought so. Maybe I, I mean, just think that. <laughs> I mean, she's not She's not great. She's, like, mostly, like, just in, like, rom-coms right, and right. stuff. But... All right. Let's talk about the plot. I didn't mean to go off on that whole tangent. Lane. <laughs> I just happened to be thinking about it because we were doing this show with her. <laughs> I was expecting you to just be like, oh, you mean Kate Hudson? No, no, that's not her. <laughs> <laughs> you get me started. No. I just. <laughs> so we open with a countdown backstage and Tully Tallulah, played by Katherine Heigl, is emerging onto the stage for her show, which is called The Girlfriend Hour. And as she's waiting and this countdown's happening, she's having flashbacks to like some traumatic event. She's crying on a bench. Something else is happening. And then we immediately jump back to the 1970s. And Tallulah is taken from her grandma's home by her like hippie, druggy mom. Gets into a van with her with like no possessions. She didn't bring anything with her. And like three or four other people. Yeah. They take this van to an anti-war rally and she immediately gets lost in the crowd, like within seconds. Yeah. And her mom never comes back for her. And she's crying on the bench from the opener that we saw a couple seconds ago. Right. (laughs) And she's brought back to her grandma's house by the police. Didn't this seem very rushed? Oh, my God. I was like, um. Yeah. I I have that in my notes to talk about in like the post-show wrap up. Like, give us some time to like 
see and connect with this character before you throw all this dramatic stuff at us. Yeah, it was just like the entire, like that whole scene, like that entire flashback was just like, boom, boom, boom. Like she's playing with a doll for a second. Like we barely even see her and connect that it's this character. Yeah. You know, because we know it's got two girls in it. Right. And... Her mom walks in. Hi, yeah, I haven't seen her in four years. Let's go, honey. You don't need possessions. All right, bye, Grandma. (laughs) And she's like, okay, bye. Like, it was just, yay, Mommy, wait. No, I don't want to go. Like, (laughs) it was so so ridiculous. And then we jump ahead some years later. She's a teenager. Her mom comes back again, takes her again. Yeah. (laughs) Bing, bang, boom. And guess where they move to? Firefly Lane. Firefly Lane. Oh, yeah, you guessed it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, that's where it comes in. And that's the only place it comes in. I thought this was a terrible name for this, at least for this pilot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the name of the book. Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah. They show the street sign and they're, I mean, I guess there's scenes at their houses. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't want to get into the weeds on the name Firefly Lane. Right. <laughs> uh, so Tallulah is moving in across the street from Kate, played by Sarah Chalk, as an older person, mm-hmm. uh, who's like dorky, big glasses, that kind of thing, has yeah. an older brother. And now we're back to them as adults. And Kate is talking on the phone to Tully. And she mentioned she has an interview at Seattle Digest. And Tully's like, oh, you know, you should have mentioned my name. I could have hooked you up, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, no, no I want to get it on my own merits. But she also has a meeting with the principal of her daughter's school because she's acting out because her parents are getting divorced. Kate Kate and her husband. And she's late to the interview. Ack! Oh, no. Ah, I gotta go. (laughs) What what poor time management. Uh, (laughs) Then we flash back to (laughs) You can't control when your daughter gets in trouble. Yeah, but like she just totally forgets about... Well, whatever. It's fine. (laughs) We flash back to an 80s interview that Tully brought her in for, brought Kate in for. Except her very good-looking boss didn't know that they were even hiring, but gives in, because mm-hmm. everyone gives in to Tully. Right. And then we jump forward again, 2003. This is like the whole fucking episode is just jump, 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 jumping jump. around from like three or four different timelines, like constantly, like every, yeah. every two minutes. And Kimber is interviewing Kate and implying she's old and out of touch. And finally, Kate reveals, oh... Tallulah Hart. Is that her name, right? Tully yeah. Hart. Tully Hart's my best friend. I can get you an all-access interview, which, of course, you knew was coming the whole time that she was going to use her name. Right. Then that night, Tully and Kate are talking about her divorce and her problems with her daughter. And so Tully decides the next day she'll she's going to take her daughter out to just kind of like pick her brain, right. have like a little woman-on-woman time. It's like time. the cool aunt kind of thing. Yeah, Yo, yeah. She'll open up more. Right. And... She finds out that she missed school one day because she went to Planned Parenthood. She's not having sex yet, but, you know, everyone's on birth control, all of her friends. And so she wants to be, too. <laughs> this was either total bullshit. Like, this is just the line you... Like, either there's a big hole here and this is just, like, a dumb, like, catalyst for, like, what's coming next. Like, well, I just, like, really needed to get on birth control because everybody is. It's, like, a prerequisite to go to high school to be on birth control, (laughs) but I'm not going to have – I'm not having sex. That just sounds like a line. Right. It's, like, obviously I'm having sex. (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. Because if she's not, then this is a dumb (laughs) storyline. Right. 
it could just be a catalyst for more drama between Kate and Tully later. Right. I just think it's weak yeah. if that's not true. And so then the daughter is like talking shit about the mom and Tully's like, hey, 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 you're still talking about my best friend and your mom is a good mom. Mm-hmm. She's the nicest person. She's been the nicest person since we were 14 years old. And then we flash back to when they were 14. Right. Uh, and it's mostly scenes of Tully being rude and apathetic towards Kate, like as they yeah. go through their, you know, however old they are, 13, Because she 14. like, she shows up to, you know, her next door and she's like, she's just like so effortlessly like cool and beautiful and just like, she just has this air about her that like all the other kids automatically are drawn to her right and she like just started there where like kate can't make any friends you know and so kate brings over dinner that her mom made and sees tully's mom just like sitting on the couch high and smoking Mm -hmm. and like through all of these it's mostly just tully being me we never get to kate being kind yeah to tully even though that was like the big impetus to like do this flashback right i'm like nothing Kate's not doing anything. Right. There wasn't something that happened where they were like making fun of her. Like she felt really bad about something. Like it was more like (laughs) it kind of came around where like Tully was more kind like. Yeah. To her. I don't know. Uh, Then Kate runs into her PTA crush as she's buying Spanx for the school fundraiser that she's on the board of. And then Tully has a one night stand with a younger guy and kicks him out afterwards, like really cool. And then we flash back to the eighties. There's, there's just like there's so many scenes in this episode. Like I, I know, just, but I did think that her buying Spanx was kind of funny. It was funny, yeah. Because not just not just like the buying Spanx. It's like because you saw it like as soon as she saw her PTA crush, you're like, okay, that salesperson is going to come back with the Spanx. Yes. Which like we all saw coming. But what was funny is that. Prior to the saleswoman coming up, she's looking at this, like, ridiculously lacy thong that, I mean, was just, like, straps. It wasn't even right, underwear, right. you know? It was crotchless. <laughs> it was so. a crotchless thong. <laughs> um, and so she, like, kind of was, like, looking at it and, like, put it back. And then, so when she came over at the Spanx, she's like, oh, those are for my mother. And uh, this, I'll take this. This is for me. Yeah. Which was just, like, a bold. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> then we go back to the 80s again. And... Kate is desperately trying to get their boss's attention, bringing him food and packages and just like staring longingly into his office constantly while he's like always on the phone and writing. He's just like a really busy guy. Right. But finally they have a conversation. They eat lunch together. He compliments her copy editing and they, you know, they have a little, little moment. Then we go back to the seventies and Kate doesn't turn Tully in when she steals cigarettes from the local market. Maybe that's her being kind. <laughs> I, I <don't> guess. <laughs> Nothing else happens that you could interpret that way. And they start to walk home together, but some boys cat call Tully and one follows them. And, you know, Tully's like, okay, Kate, you can go by, you can go home by yourself. I'm going to talk to this boy now. Yeah. She gets invited to a party. And on the way out that night, she sees Kate's older brother kissing his male friend. Right. Gasp. But, you know, she's she's cool about it. She's like, I didn't I didn't see anything. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. And then she starts petting Kate's horse, which is behind a fence. <laughs> Sounds weird. So much is going on. I know. <laughs> There's honestly so many elements to this show. <laughs> and, Kate, and Kate comes over, but immediately a car pulls up, like a red sports car. Yeah. Uh, and Tully has to leave. Then we get concurrent scenes. Not concurrent, but close enough. Like, yeah. 
20 seconds each of the 80s and 2003. Tully is at a dance with her boss or is dancing with their boss after finding out that Kate likes him. So Kate was like upset about that. Yeah. Meanwhile, in 2003, Tully is dancing with Kate's PTA crush when she gets pulled away during the dance to like deal with the silent auction. Right. So in 2003, Kate leaves upset, goes home. And her daughter is sleeping with her backpack open and she sees the Planned Parenthood form signed by Tully, um, you know, allowing her to get get birth control. At Tully's apartment, Kate is expecting this uh, one night stand to show back up. Max, yeah. And instead, it's Kate's husband, their their former boss. Right. Which I knew. I was like, oh, obviously that's the husband. Right. (laughs) He's back early from a trip to New York. Or maybe not a trip. Maybe he, like, left. Yeah, he might have left. That's what it seemed like. Um, but he, he couldn't stand to go home. And he says, I need you, Tully. Let me stay here tonight. And she doesn't say no. She just kind of, like, looks like, oh. Right. She, like, play, plays that hard thing. Like, go home to your wife. Go home to your wife and your kid. Yeah. Like, real tough. And then it's like, oh, obviously she's going to let him stay. Was the implication that they had already been sleeping together? Or, I ha- think or had so. at some point? It's kind of like, what's up with their history? Yeah. Um, I'm so intrigued. Story? I can't wait for episode two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that because he says like everything's been a mistake. Right. Like I think maybe he's, he's been in love with Tully this whole time and he married Kate. Right. To say my whole life has been a mistake when you have like a 14 year old <laughs> daughter at home. is like yeah. a really shitty thing to yeah, say. Geez. I don't care how cute you are. <laughs> and he was cute. He was very cute. You had an Australian accent, right? I think. I think so. So what did you think of the pilot to Firefly Lane? I mean, I thought it was a weak pilot, but I didn't think it was like terrible. I thought that the acting was good. Yeah. I I liked both of them. That's the one positive I have is that I thought Catherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk were both good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Sarah Chalk always, like, seems like she's doing the same character to me. Yes. And I think that, like, neither one of them are my favorite actors. Sure. So I was kind of like, I don't know about this. Yeah. But I thought that, I don't know, I thought she was, I thought she was good. I I thought that her paired up with, like, her flashback younger self, both of them, was, like, pretty um, cohesive. Yeah. And I and I and I like that. I thought they both played their parts well. Like you know, the girl who the friend who always gets the guy, and then like the you know put upon Kate. Same exact. You know, I thought they did that well. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought. I thought mm-hmm. they were both good in their respective roles, even right. if you know their roles were kind of predictable based on who the actress was. Mm-hmm. They were both good in that. Yeah, role. you know, they're they're good at playing those kinds of characters. But the story itself, like the way the story was told was, I just felt really rushed. And at first I didn't mind like the little flashbacks of like uh, Kate standing at the bathroom and it kind of like flashed to her standing at the bathroom mirror through like different decades. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could like see her like aging. Oh, that, right. that didn't really bother me. I thought that was kind of a cool way to do it, but there was so much flashing back. Yeah. And flashing back to things, and I just felt like it didn't give us enough of a chance to connect 
with these characters yet. And that really bothered me. Yeah, totally. I, you know, you've seen shows that do this mm-hmm. and go through different timelines. Right. There's a way to do it well. And I just feel like this didn't quite hit the mark. It was so like scatterbrained and mm-hmm. like quick. And the fact that they were dealing with not two, but three different timelines, plus the opening part where it was a fourth timeline, like it was yeah. way too much. Yeah, I agree. I understand what they're trying to do and like show the connections between these different times and events that have happened that have forged their relationship. But, like it was way too much. Yeah. Way too much. I I have to think, I have to assume, and, and maybe I shouldn't, I don't know. I have to assume based on the great alone that this book is actually a good book and maybe jumping those timelines in a book can be done much more thoughtfully yeah and it just didn't translate well to the screen it is my guess i have to imagine in the book they're not as frantic as in this pilot it's a novel you're taking your time i think and they're rushing it it's just kind of like why not just I, i don't know I don't know, because I have no idea what this story is supposed to be. Right. So, like, I, I mean, I'll probably watch another episode. <laughs> I am going to watch another episode. I don't hate it. And there was something intriguing about it. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it, like, doesn't hold my attention. Yeah. You know? I, I just don't feel like it was that well written. Yeah, and which was really disappointing. Yeah. I mean, also... The synopsis that I read for the show was just like, two best friends, blah, blah, blah. But right. Like, Tully is mostly a piece of shit friend. Like, yeah. Other than being there for her to talk to and like comfort her, like, she's mostly a piece of shit friend. Mm-hmm. And we've already seen like multiple things, like three or four things in this episode that are, you know... <laughs> <laughs> worthy yeah. of unfriending someone. And well, that was the thing is that like, I felt like we saw so many things that would kind of like break a friendship. Yeah. That's what I meant I to say. Not unfriend. <laughs> Gosh. Um, what are words that don't have connections to the internet? <laughs> but it, it it just went so fast and so many things happened and I didn't have a chance to connect to them or like connect them. Right. Like their chemistry wasn't all that great. Like I I know that they're friends cuz you're telling me that they're friends. Yeah. But they didn't like seem like Yeah. I don't know. It I, I it mean, just it might need more time. I just think as a pilot, it wasn't that strong. Right, right. You know. Yeah, I mean there were times where when Tully was comforting her, I thought the chemistry was there. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And I, you know, like we already talked about, they were both good in this episode. But yeah, as a pilot, I mean, maybe maybe it smooths out, and there's yeah. not as many transitions, and we only jump back in time a couple times per episode. But as a pilot, it didn't didn't work very well. I just for a quick second flashed into my mind of like thinking of the chemistry of two women, and I just thought of Dead to Me, and mm. like those two, like I bought as friends. Right away, and they, like, met, and, like, they, like, just met as the show starts. Yeah. Whereas, like, this, these are lifetime friends, and I just, like, you don't, like, really see it yet. Right, right. Two different shows, different writing, 
whatever, but... Yeah, I mean, their chemistry was the least offensive part of this pilot to <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a shame because I like when things do, like, jump... I get excited when things are going to be different timelines and different time periods because I think it's fun to see, you know, the different... I don't know, the way that you're, like, going to handle... Like the costumes and, you know, sure. whatever technology. And I think that this story takes place, they say, in 2003. So it's not yes. even present day. Yep. But I just think you have such a great opportunity in that situation to make it really good. And I think a lot of shows do it really poorly. Like, you know, when like sitcoms jump back and everyone always has like the dumbest hair. Sure. You know, whatever. But I thought that they did that stuff well in this show. But... Like, the rest of it wasn't good enough. So that was disappointing to me. Right. And it, and it was just too much too fast. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I want a show to ease me in. Mm-hmm. There are instances where you can just, like, jump right in and throw a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I don't think that this was the show to do that with. Yeah. And like we talked about, the first three minutes of the show is just, like, packed with three different timelines and all this drama. Yeah. I mean... It was a lot. <laughs> it was it was a little too much. I mean, we'll see. I, I I don't. I'm guessing you're probably not going to watch another episode of it. I'm not going to watch it. And to be fair, this is not my kind of show. It's yeah. cer- it certainly was not made for my demographic. Yeah. So you know, take I, everything I, think, I say with I a mean, grain of salt. Neither was like dead to me, but dead to me was different. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean. Dead to Me was a good show. Well, uh, let's put the caveat that we're talking about the first season of Dead to Me. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dead to Me was a good show. It was right. a, a good show with an intriguing premise. Sure, maybe the female-female uh, friendship wasn't necessarily geared towards me, but, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a good yeah. show, you can look past that. Exactly. Or not look past it. You can, you know, connect on other levels. Yeah. All right, so do you recommend Firefly Lane on Netflix? Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm hesitant. Yeah, I I would not. If you really like uh, this kind of like friendship story between yeah. two women, I, I think there are better examples of it out there. Many, I think. Right. So I don't even know if I would recommend it in that case, but you, you probably know if you like this kind of show. And also the thing is, is I think sometimes people are like, all right, what am I going to watch on Netflix? You're just like scrolling through your Netflix. This is on Netflix. Maybe this is like the next thing. Like, give it a shot and just see. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm I mean, hesitant, but I'm probably going to watch another episode to see. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> <I'll report back. laughs> unfortunately, I don't know how easily you correct poor writing. Mm-hmm. I think... If the writing was, uh, I don't know, a little bit smoother, then I think you can work out the kinks with the timeline stuff and the frantic pace. I think maybe that kind of evens out over the next few episodes. But if the writing's not that good either, yeah, what is there? I mean, yeah, we both think Catherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk did a good job. They are not like these transcendent performances that like right. is the reason you watch this show, right? You know. And then when it boils down to it, like, I just had this feeling at the very end when her husband walked in and he's like, I need you. Like, I need to stay Uh, here. I was like, are we going to do this fucking, like, soap opera, dramatic 
shit <laughs> you know how netflix gives every show like three descriptors uh-huh one of them is soapy for this one. Oh, okay so it is gonna be a soap <laughs> opera yeah i mean this show is gonna be way too dramatic for me yeah like that kind of drama yeah N- not interested but maybe you will be yeah i mean I, I don't hate always hate shows like that what what else did we watch recently that was oh big little lies was like yeah i mean that that one was a little bit different but like the second season was like I don't know. You you can't really compare the two shows, so I don't know why that yeah. that jumped out. To but me. I mean, Dead to Me and Big Little Lies suffered from the same problem, where they had a really good first season, and mm-hmm. Big Little Lies was supposed to just be a miniseries. Uh, yeah. And the second seasons became too dramatic, yeah. more of the same. And I feel like just just in the pilot, we've, we're already seeing those issues here. Yeah. All right. So, do you think Firefly Lane will get a second season on Netflix? No, I'm going to guess no. I don't, I mean, it's based on one book. Is it supposed to get a second season? I guess if it's popular, it doesn't really matter. They'll just do I don't it. know. And it's hard for me to say because I didn't read the book. Whereas yeah. like I could kind of guess if um, Dublin Murders was going to get a second season. Right. Because I read the book and right. the other books, but. Which it did. It did. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, any other thoughts on Firefly Lane? No. Okay. Should we go watch the fourth episode of WandaVision? Yes. I'll watch it with you. (laughs) Only because you told me that the fourth episode was supposed to be really epic. Listen, that's what I've heard. When this episode comes out, there might be a fifth episode, but the fourth episode just came out this past week and everyone's like, oh, now we're seeing. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, we've watched three of them and I don't dislike it. I just feel like it's so much setup. It's been three episodes of setup. I don't understand how these three episodes cost $25 million a piece to make. <laughs> so ridiculous still. I mean, there are definitely a lot of special effects. But it's like, are the actors that expensive? Maybe because they've been used to this uh, X-Men or X-Men, other like Marvel, like money from doing the movies that they're really expensive. I mean, probably. They probably spend a lot on the actors. Yeah. Because I mean, even the supporting actors aren't like nobodies. Right. You know, they're established actors. Like Catherine Hahn and Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, you know, I'm sure that like costume, like, you know, Vision's whole thing, like adding him done up to shoot those scenes it's just like double i'm sure it just takes like double the time yeah yeah. like a for him to get into like makeup is probably an expense and then to shoot the scenes twice so that you can have that quick like effect of him transforming Mm -hmm. i'm guessing some of the clothes are like are bespoke I don't know. Okay, with with all that said, it doesn't equal twenty five million dollars an episode. It just goes to show us that we don't know anything about anything. Like we don't know what it takes to make a. Or the second half of the season is backloaded with a lot of expensive things. So that they were just giving us an average. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> All right, everybody. If you have suggestions on shows for us to watch, you can email us at trialbypilot at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at trialbypilot. And please go on to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, subscribe to the show, leave a review, and tell a friend.
And thank you to the Beats for providing our theme music. Thank you, Beats. The end. Bye. Goodbye. Watch it